All right, hello everybody! Welcome to the 11th episode of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. Ryan, we finished 10, we're on to the next decade of podcasts. I'm Elon, this is Ryan, what's up? Not too much. This is the uh, Daniel Alfredson episode ah. of the podcast. Uh, one of my of favorite players, future Hall of Famer. I've been kind of collecting some of his cards, so big well, shout out. I gave you that box of cards from my childhood for you to leaf through, and I'm waiting for my Alfie offers. They still haven't come. You know what? I actually did look through them all the other day, and uh, there's an offer incoming soon. Sweet. Okay, well, I just... Got, uh, was excited that I had bought uh, Darlene Young Guns. It's one of these things where like, it sort of popped up. I was just browsing. You know, we talked way back about buying things on eBay and you suggested all these good filters for you to just search for, like a saved search. And I had a saved search of PSA 10 Young Guns, buy it now. And I saw like Darlene $79 US. And I was like, that sounds good. And I was like, even thinking, wow, it's almost like sounds so good that I better buy it now before someone else does because it said mm. it was like, the last one in stock. So I just clicked the button, I bought it. Then I realized afterwards, once you convert it to Canadian dollars and once you include the shipping, it was like $150. In terms of that I could have spent $140 on it, buy it now that existed before, a- after shipping. So I overspent on it, Darlene. But uh, all of that to say, now I need my Alfie money to pay for this card. So <laughs> it all needs to come full circle. Let's pay for the difference. Yeah, so you didn't listen to our episode about you know eBay tips for buying cards quite thoroughly enough. I clearly okay. This is what happened. I'll, I'll be honest. This is the whole story. I bought the McDavid, and then I bought uh, Eric Carlson, and then at some point I told myself I need to take a break. I've been spending too much money on cards. And I took like a month hiatus, and then just like a couple days ago, I thought to myself, I think my hiatus is over. I want to go buy some cards, and so then I think I just got too excited. I hadn't bought a card in a while. Like Darlene, I'm you know the season is creeping up on us, like or or not, but it could like they could be starting like as soon as January, early January. And so I was just thinking, like, I just feel like as soon as Eichel and Hall have their first game together on Buffalo and Darlene is there, quarterback in the power play, and they all get, like, three points in the first game of the season, this card is going to skyrocket. So, I don't know, my brain got the better of me. I just, like, rushed in. I didn't need to. But whatever. So what? I spent an extra $10. One day I'm going to sell this card for $300. It's not going to matter that I spent an extra 10 Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're still going to have a good investment there. It just sucks to not get that extra 10 bucks. Uh, at the end <laughs> yeah. of the day. So uh, we kind of have a bit of a bits and bites episode of the Near Mid podcast for you today. We don't have like one specific topic. We thought we'd just sort of clear. We, we have a lot of ideas, you know, that we throw back and forth. And so we decided we'll take all of our sort of half-baked podcast ideas and put them all in. In total, it'll make a full-baked podcast. By the way, bits and bites. That was a snack. Did you remember eating bits and bites? I don't know if that exists anymore. I used to really like those, like pretzels. Yeah, and they the still have thing. them. I should go get still some. I liked them. that a lot. Yeah, you can still get those. And, you know, there's the pretzels. There's those weird, cheesy, like, oblong things. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. There's something crunchy in there. I forget what that was. There was one, like, really crunchy thing. Oh, maybe that was a bite. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fuck you saying here. Yeah, different handful every time. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's that's why actually nachos, I would say, is one of my favorite foods. I love Mm. when I'm eating nachos that, like, yeah, sometimes you're getting, like, more cheese. Sometimes you're getting more sauce. Sometimes you're getting more beans. Like, it's always, like a fun experience the whole time until you know you get to the if it's a badly made plate of nachos and at the end it's just chips with nothing on it then it's like the same every time and then you're like ugh, this place sucks that's amateur hour nachos yeah though i mean right now i would take it just to go to a restaurant and eat nachos and watch hockey 
What Fair enough. Yeah. Watching hockey in a restaurant, that would be ideal right mm-hmm. about now. And hopefully one day soon, the NHL is going to come back. Uh, it looks like we're still going to get our world junior championship in December. So there's at least that to look forward to to watch. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have the hockey. We're not going to have, at least in Toronto, this big COVID hotspot. I don't think we're going to be going to a restaurant and having our waiter come up and be like, hey, do you want another beer? And then you go, yeah, why not? I'm, I can't wait to have that conversation again sometime. <laughs> right, maybe yeah. Another, maybe another nacho plate. All right, let's talk about hockey cards. Okay, I had a let's... question for you right off the go, because we were talking in the pre-show, if you were watching on Twitch, uh, we were talking about Ryan Paling and how his card is worth a lot just because he's on the Habs, even though he hasn't done much, and he had that one great hat-trick game. And then I was looking last season to see what Ryan Paling did, because that hat-trick was in 2018-19. Last year, Paling spent 27 games in the big leagues on the Habs, and he played on the fourth line with his most common line mates being Riley Barber and Nate Thompson. So there's some fun trivia for you for one day when Ryan Paling's a huge superstar. I wanted to ask you, whose hockey card, that's a fourth liner, whose Young Guns card is worth the most of all the current fourth liners in the NHL? Is it Ryan Paling? I think it might be Ryan Paling. The only reason I could say maybe it's a different player is like, if we're saying Corey Perry's a fourth liner or something like, like an older right. player that Joe really Thornton. did something. Yeah. Like Joe, is Joe, but no, but he was playing third line. Right. But maybe but those guys, the Leafs. Yeah. Those guys do end up on the fourth line sometimes. So like, maybe that's why a fourth liner would be more valuable, but paling is definitely up there. Right. I guess I was thinking more of like a, so far has only been a fourth line. You're right. I guess like even Wayne Simmons on the Leafs is probably, probably not worth too much, but yeah, I wonder if there's any like, sort of rough, tough players that are like fourth-line grinders that just the world loves, and so their card is worth a lot. I can't think of any off well, the top of my head. I'd be curious to see what a Cassian card goes for. Now, oh, obviously, yeah. Cassian either plays first line or fourth line, so that's not really fair. But, yeah, he's, he's fourth liner as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I know you must love Cassian as an Oilers fan. That's the thing. It must be, like, regional. Like, I remember... Uh, yeah, back in the day in Ottawa, when I was growing up, there was a Mike Peluso. Remember him? Yeah. And then I Chris like... Neal loved Chris Neal. Yeah, true. How much was it? Okay, I'm looking on eBay right now. Chris Neal, Young Guns. That's actually a curious one. I don't actually have any concept because he's kind of like a 90s player. Uh, he didn't exactly put up a ton of points. He was fan favorite. I'd maybe say like 10 bucks, but I'm shooting in the dark here. I'd that's a big guess hmm. you know what that is not an easy card to find <laughs> i'm realizing <laughs> okay so maybe someone let us know if they know what the chris neal young guns goes for i actually had a friend growing up that she had a huge crush on crush on chris neal and she mm. uh, i could have probably sold that card to her for a lot of money if I there you go that. maybe she has all of them and that's why they're not listed right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess we can... Oh, so $3 for Cassian, or not, <laughs> is Aaron's changing his mind. Okay, so let's uh, get into our first topic. Those were pre-topic. Those were topic zero. Topic, topic zero. One, topic one is, I see our f- favorite grading company that we've even talked about buying shares in recently. They've had some news, so let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, so PSA uh, sold... They sold to a private company, so they're going from public to private, which my first question was, what happens to my shares in their company? Uh, And basically, this private company is buying all of the shares from every single stakeholder, 
And uh, yeah, it's going to be private next year. So what does that mean, do you think, for us people trying to send our cards? Which, by the way, you still have a big box of cards, and I thought we were going to put together a shipment. I guess that's been delayed. I'd be curious to also hear your thought process for the world to hear of what, what you're thinking in terms of... I think you had a good reason for why you wanted to wait. Uh, but yeah, do you think that... So I'm interested in that selfishly, but also in general, just the fact that PSA has been sold is the idea, I would think, if a company buys another company, it's because they see promise there, and probably yeah. they're going to invest in like, you know, the fact that it takes six months to get your cards is probably an opportunity to for a company to make more money if they just like hired more people or improved their processes they could be moving a lot more product out the door and I'm sure a lot more people would be buying their not cheap grading services if they maybe could get a faster return time or an easier process so should should we consider this good news for us people wanting to send cards to PSA? I think it is good news. I think it's going to be a while before there's really a huge impact on the business and definitely not going to have an impact on what we are seeing as consumers but yeah, it's good news. And it was bought for a reason, right? Like they've been backlogged with orders. They've been hiring like crazy. They hired 85 new employees since April, which in COVID times is unheard of. Right. Uh, they just got a whole new office, which is like 62,000 square feet uh, that they're retrofitting for more space to do things like grading. So hopefully things are going to get faster, uh, they said in an, in their article kind of announcing all this that they're working on efficiencies. And an interesting thing I wanted to highlight is with this new office building, they said space will also be dedicated to future image recognition and automation efforts that will benefit the authentication and grading of both trading cards and coins. So in other words, things are going to start getting automated and things are going to start getting faster, hopefully because of it. I mean, that would be huge, right? Like, I guess there is a future that we could imagine where you don't even need to send it off to PSA. You bring it to some... I, I, I saw a YouTube video. I think it was Lap that recommended the video of that really famous YouTuber that talks about hockey cards. And he was talking about, like, what if one day you could just go to your local hockey card shop, you put your card in the machine, and then it, like, you know, slabs it and gives it a grade and you don't even yeah. have to ship it off. Like that should be possible, right? It's just a matter of a camera knowing how what to look for. Yeah, and I think the first step, as tends to be the case, is the PSA and Beckett will have this technology for themselves so that they can grade much quicker. And then at some point, it'll probably become more of a consumer option at a store or maybe even like in your house, the way you'd buy a 3D printer and print whatever you want. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like a changing industry, right? It's kind of like with photography, you used to have to bring your pictures or your film to the store and they probably made a lot of money getting paid to develop film. And then a successful company would have like realized that that was going to sort of be on the way out and then like develop whatever digital cameras or whatever the future is going to be printers to print the photos yourself. And so that's it. Like if PSA, like us as shareholders of PSA, minor, very minor shareholders, we've got to hope that they're going to be developing the machines because if like all of a sudden people don't need to send cards to PSA anymore, you'd think that'd be a big loss unless they're manufacturing these machines that are being sold for lots of money and they're like adapting to the times so yeah it seems like they're getting ahead of it which is smart um we also didn't quite touch on what the shares are going what's going to happen with the shares so you know we have shares and they were at a certain price uh they said that they were going to buy every share at 77 dollars now they're kind of like 
figuring out if that's the right value to give all the shareholders because you know we're expecting the shares to go up and down as a public company does um but essentially we're we're going to be forced to sell our shares at oh. whatever price i did not realize that all right well that's that then what should i invest in next well, Beckett? I think uh, we did pretty well with that. Like, I personally got in at 51 and it's at 77, so I'm not upset, yeah. really. Um, I don't know if you can invest in Beckett, actually. Maybe that's what we should look into. Or Upper Deck. These are all private companies that, like, yeah. you'd think... If, like, Upper Deck, to me, is, like, the cash cow company that they cost them nothing to print these cards, like, relatively speaking, compared to the values and what people are going nuts buying these boxes. And yeah. the boxes just go up in value because, you know, the players happen to be good. And, like, all they need to do is hope that hockey players continue to be popular and they've got all the all the rights. Yeah. Actually, uh, I didn't answer your question about sending in our oh, yeah. uh, submission. I just got in the mail today my first episode of the official PSA certified price guide. and first episode? Uh, Edition? Well, my first edition. Yes. So the first time I've gotten it. And, uh, of course, it's like multi-sport, but it's pretty interesting. And uh, I was just looking quickly to see what was in there. And they've got the Gretzkys. So if you can get a PSA 10 Gretzky, what do you think the PSA 10 Gretzky, value-wise? OPG, I assume. This is is in American dollars, and they list the OPG and the tops one. So, so they're both like really valuable. Okay, I'm gonna say a PSA 10. Does that even exist? So they have they've graded one before. You're saying they've uh, given a 10 to an OPC 7980 OPC. Yeah. So both the OPC and the tops, they both have a population of two. So there's two of them oh in existence. God. Okay, I'm gonna say something crazy, like eighty thousand, eighty thousand dollars for the OPC. For the OPC. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, over a million dollars. Okay, I'm an idiot. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So, that was pretty crazy Why did crazy I say 80,000? I knew, I knew it was higher. The tops one is, is 400,000 and up. Um, of course, they, they have estimates in here because for a card like that, it's really just whatever someone is willing to pay and it's a very hard, hard to sell. But uh, I thought that was kind of a cool thing well, to find just- in there. Like, I sold a BGS, no, not BGS, KSA 4 of the exact same card for, like, $1,300, something like that. Right. So, it's like, and we're talking a million dollars. It's the exact same card. It's just, obviously, much better condition. Perfect condition. Makes, uh, so wild, this hobby that we have. It I is actually a had some, hobby. Uh, I had some cards I wanted to... I was following today, and they just edited. I followed a bunch of PSA 10 auctions. I was curious to see what... I was thinking maybe I'd bid on them if they stayed low, but they ended up going pretty high. Do you want to yeah. try to guess the uh, final prices of some P- PSA 10 Young Gun auctions? I had my eye on a couple as well, actually. I've got my eye on a Taylor Hall that's ongoing right now. But, uh, yeah, hit me with some some names. Okay. Well, first of all, the Taylor Hall. Let's hear about that. How much is How much time is left, and what's it at? Uh... I looked right before we started. It ends in about two hours. I think it was at about $110, and they typically go for $175-ish. Oh. Hall is interesting, right? Because, like, on one hand, if, if, if he could help Buffalo not be terrible, I, like, Buffalo's got to have a pretty decent market, right? Like, they're close to Toronto. I don't really know much about Buffalo's market. Like, they've just been bad for so long that now they don't really have that much buzz. Like, Darlene, I think, is even pretty cheap. And Hall is more than Darlene, which is interesting. 
Yeah, so I think with Hall, I like it because he's bound to have a good year this year. He's in a contract year right away again. And if he's successful and finds success there, that's good for his value. If he's successful and goes somewhere else, it could be a really lucrative destination from a hockey card perspective. Yeah, who's got some money? I guess Vancouver is pretty tied up at this point. Does, is it Edmonton coming out of some contracts at some point? That would be huge, right? Well, wait, Hall would never go back to Edmonton. But okay. I mean, you never know. But yeah, it's it's hard to speculate now, especially with the landscape of things money-wise in the NHL. But it's just interesting that he'll have like this one year to kind of prove himself. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the idea of it. Well, yeah, a Hart Trophy winner has to prove himself. But I yeah. guess he went to Arizona and heard his stock, and now he has to go and prove he still got it. Okay, so I've got four players. I want you to try to rank uh, the how much they went for. These are all auctions that ended today. Okay. So the players are Ryan Getzlaff, Tyler Sagan, P.K. Subban, and Drew Doughty. So and I have to put these in order. Put these in order, and then afterwards we'll talk price. But let's see. I think that's a fun game. So these are the PSA 10 Young Guns, no exclusives or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. regular old PSA 10 Young Guns. Dowdy, Subban, so two defensemen, and then Getzlaff and Sagan, two centers. So I think that Dowdy is going to be the most expensive, and then Sagan, and then gets left and then Subban, but I'm not at all confident in this. You are super close, but also like very wrong. You're both close and very wrong because you have it right that it goes Sagan, then gets laugh, then Subban. You got those three in order, but you had Dowdy on the exact opposite end. Mm. Dowdy was the fourth and you had him as the first. But yeah, so Okay, so what did a Dowdy PSA ten go for? hundred and four. Wow. For a guy that's got gold medals, world junior, Norris trophy, Norris, two Stanley Cups, that's An unearned, incredible. Uh, or not, not unearned, undeserved Norris trophy, because Eric Carlson should have won it that year. But that's that's besides the point. But yeah. Sure. And he's, and he's a character, right? So that's an interesting one. I guess his value has just kind of petered off as LA has done the same. Right. Hopefully he could get in on one final cup run. You know, they have all these prospects. That's what I'm waiting for with Kopitar, right? Just I feel like if they could just hold on for a couple more seasons, LA might actually be pretty good again. Uh, so the rest of the prices, by the way. So then Subban was 109, so close. And then a huge jump to, uh, I guess, people like centers more than defensemen, which we have discussed. Uh, Getzlaff for 162 and then Sagan for 177. Yeah, I knew Sagan was a, a hot topic and maybe his looks have something to do with that, too. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he is a snack, isn't he? <laughs> a snack. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So uh, what's our next topic here? So that's PSA sale. Oh, yeah. You have a recent purchase that you wanted to share. We were, we we're already talking about buying some cars. But there's one I saw on the Facebook group we're both in. You were, like, asking yeah. for it. You finally got the cars you wanted. Yeah, so I've been after a dry sidle Young Guns canvas for a while. I even showed it on our show where we talked about good-looking and bad-looking cards, obviously in the good-looking side since it's one I wanted. And uh, yeah, I got the Young Guns canvas at 250 on this Facebook group. And uh, Just raw? Just raw. How does it look? It looks great. It's still in the mail, so the photos look great. Oh. Um, but that one is, you know more for myself and potentially an investment, but I just love that card. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, it's like my uh, Carlson Young Guns. It's right. Like, I guess it's more just to have the card. But I don't know. There's something nice about having it slabbed as a 10. 100%. Yeah. From an investment perspective, I did just get two Pedersons, uh, BGS 9.5. So those are on the way as well. Um, if you do the math, I got them for 20750 each. Okay. Is this 9.5 all four subgrades? Or all four subgrades. Yeah. Ah, so a true, what's that called? A true gem? True gem. Nice. Okay, yeah. well, Patterson, I'm going to tell you, like, I think it's kind of wild that a Pedersen, like, 9.5 is less expensive than a dry sidle raw canvas. So I definitely like the Pedersen investment and the dry sidle. I don't know. I guess I'm, I, I guess it's crazy that, like, the reigning Norris trophy, and I'm, like, being skeptical, but I, I just, it's, that's high for, for a dry sidle, I think, but. Yeah, I mean, Dreisaitl is amazing, and he was the best player in the league last year on a team with Connor McDavid. So it's a bit high, but also I don't expect his hype to go down. There's no reason he won't be doing this for years. Yeah, I guess that's true. He's on a long contract, that's for sure. I drafted him in my Dynasty League with my first pick with Mathieu, so I'm hoping that he'll keep going and hopefully play with McDavid. Though I guess he was actually pretty good with RNH and Yamamoto also. So either way, I guess Dreisaitl should be set. Yeah, he proved last year that he can play by himself. He can drive the play regardless of who's on his wing. So what goes for more now between a Dreisaitl and like a Kucherov? I think Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl is, is pretty high-end at this point. He's trying to catch up to McDavid on at this point. Oh, well, I mean, that seems unlikely. But I guess well, it's it's not that crazy. Like McDavid, nine point five is uh, about nine fifty right now. Drysital nine point five is I think six fifty or seven hundred. Like they're not wildly wow. off. What about Austin Matthews in there? I think Matthews is pretty comparable to uh, Drysital. He's I think he's a bit higher, but it's pretty pretty close. Man, some just being on a Canadian team does a lot for you. That's for sure. Kucherov like uh, just won a cup. He led all the playoffs in points. Has won his own Art Ross Trophy. Yeah, yeah. We're talking a lot less. Okay. Uh, I don't think you ever answered what we're doing with our shipment to PSA. You're right. I completely avoided the question. Um, <laughs> we were waiting on a couple cards to come in, and also I had to look through some of your older cards. But uh, I'm hoping to get it out next week. I've got everything in order. I just need to look through the last few and kind of like package them up all beautifully and do the actual like submission work, which is a bit of like paperwork and putting together a package. Like I recall, uh, I, you're doing me a huge favor anyway. So obviously take your time. Uh, cause I just dropped off some cards to you and I even dropped off a magnifying glass to you that I had bought off of Amazon (laughs) that I was like, can you look at my cards and tell me if, which ones you think are tens and worth shipping off? So uh, have, yeah. have you had fun playing with the magnifying glass? I contributed, right? I bought this thing for 20 bucks. Totally, yeah. I had a lot of fun looking at those cards and just any other card that kind of comes across my desk, so to speak, especially the 2020-21 cards we just opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I still have to go through all of them. I kind of want to do it all at the same time, look at the cards, take them, put them in the top loaders and whatever, um, put them like in the pile for PSA or not so that it's kind of like the, a system. Uh, so I'll probably do it all like in one day. 
Okay, yeah, it's it's cool though. By the way, that magnifying glass, like Lap was showing us on our Discord channel, how like there's cards that you look at the corner and it looks great when you look at it with your eyes, and then you put it on this like high magnification, and you could really notice a difference. And clearly, that's what PSA is doing. And so it it's kind of like you're almost selling yourself short. Like a lot of these cards are worth similar raw to like PSA nine or it's not a huge increase, especially if once you consider the cost of shipping it to PSA to get graded. So it's yeah. like, you really need to look at it and try to gain some expertise of being able to really look at the right things and tell. And obviously the first thing is just to probably look at each corner, look at all the edges. Obviously, I don't really know how you test the surface. I guess you're just looking for scratches or anything yeah. weird like that, which is scary because I feel like the only real way to test the surface for scratches is probably to take it out of the sleeve because sometimes the sleeve might have little scratches, but now all of a sudden you're touching your card with your bare hands. Yeah, so I I picked up some gloves. Um uh-huh. you can also use like a microfiber cloth to like get your fingerprints or whatever off there cuz they're not going to clean the cards for you. Um and so, like, yeah, you do have to take it out, but, like, you got to be in that right environment so that you have no chance of screwing it up. Um, so not, like, on your dinner table, like, where while there's still crumbs on the table. And right, with, like, the window open next to you, just blowing them everywhere. Yeah, don't do that. You know, it's, like, I've had a really interesting experience over this past week. Uh, one other favor you did for me is you gave me a huge box of base cards, including mm. a lot of the ones that we opened on last week's show. And I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, I had this idea for my other podcast, Keeping Carlson. I don't know if you got a chance to see the video yet, Ryan, but uh, on the last episode, I was like showing the card of the player we were talking about as we were talking about them, which I think adds a lot to the live show experience. Because if you pop in halfway through, you just know, oh, okay, they're talking about Nugent Hopkins or whatever, because I had a random card of him. And so you gave me this big box, which I appreciated, but of course they weren't in any easy order for me to just grab the player I want to talk about quickly. So I've been going through and and sorting all of these cards into alphabetical order so that anytime I know, so, you know, when I prepare for my show, I'm just like, okay, let me grab a Headman, let me grab a Jesper Brat, like whatever. And it's cool. It's, I feel like I have every card. Actually, let's play a game. Okay, tell me a player. Let's see how long it takes me now. Cause I have my box. I have my box here. Who's a player that uh, you want to see a card of? Brandon Sod. Okay, you just have to just chat, make chit chat for a minute. Yeah, I'll be able to chit chat for a minute. <laughs> um, so while he's gone, uh, there's also been a lot of activity in the Lafreniere pricing. So, you know, his prices when it first came out was $400 or up uh, for a raw Lafreniere Young Guns. And, you know, it's kind of steadily gone down. They're sitting around 240 250 260 Canadian right now for Lafreniere. The canvas seems to be ranging anywhere from like 220 to 300. So people can't really decide on the value of that. Um, And the big news with Lafreniere is someone posted a BGS 10 of the Lafreniere Young Guns. So they rushed it to Beckett, paid, I think, 125 bucks to send in their Lafreniere card. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like it paid off. You get a 10, yeah. uh, Got a 10 back with like sharp corners, three 10s and a 9.5. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, the price was 1700 last I checked, but it doesn't end for, I think another day. So yeah, I mean like 125 bucks plus the 400 that it was valued at, like when it came out of the box, uh, they're doing all right. 
Yeah, I'm seeing that it's currently at, you link to it in our show notes here, it was, it's currently at around 1,300 US, which is like, yeah, 1,700 Canadian. And uh, who knows if it'll have that last minute surge that sometimes you see with cards on eBay. Yeah, so it's the only graded Lafreniere around. And I imagine some more will start to pop up, but they got it. They got it in there quick. It's not shipping to Canada, so if you want it and you live in Canada, like you're gonna have to do some some things <laughs> to get I mean, it. But yeah, I feel like if you're spending this much money on a card, like you don't need to be in such a rush to get it at this point, unless someone's planning on now flipping it again. Like that's the thing. I'd love to. Okay, this is who I want to get on the podcast. Whoever wins this auction for this Lafreniere card, I want to just ask them, like, what are you doing with this card? Is it for your personal collection? Is this an investment? If it is an investment, is this a short term, like wait for him to have his first game and then flip it while people are talking about him the most? Or is this like, get this now and wait for him to win his first heart trophy or whatever, win a Stanley Cup? I can't even fathom a guess, but it would be really interesting yeah. to understand. Yeah, that would be a great person to interview. Or anyone like anyone that's buying super high-end cards from this year or um, past years. All right, so here we go. Here are the... I found my Brandon side. It only took me a while because I had to go get the box. I have it okay. all very well organized where if it wasn't for that, it would have been quick. All right, so right around Roussel, because I just grabbed a handful here. Or sorry, Saad, I should say. Yeah, so Antoine Roussel. Uh-huh. Okay. Then, I don't know why this was in here, but there was a Patrick Waugh, so I just put him in as well. Then we've got a couple Bobby Ryans. All right. I'm approaching Saad. Don't worry. It's alphabetical. Okay, there's another Bobby Ryan. Oh, it's alphabetical. It's alphabetical. That's how I find it so quickly. Smart. The trick is to learn the alphabet. I see. And once you do that, it's easy to find the cards. Okay, after Bobby Ryan, I'm still waiting for my Detroit Bobby Ryan, by the way. I'm Mm. also waiting for a Colorado Brandon Saad, but in the meantime, I have to stick with... uh, Chicago, Brandon Saad. There's one. Nice. And what Here's set is that from? Oh, this one was one of those select ones, which I have SP Authentic, I mean, uh, 17, 18. Those yep. are my least favorite. Like, you oh, really? A bunch of them. It's just a boring white background. You can't even see anything else that's going on on the ice. It's just the player. I much yeah. prefer this Brandon Saad, where he's, like, celebrating. Or, ah. I don't know what he's doing here. Or, no, he's coming out of the from the locker room. Then I got this one. So I feel like uh, oh, that's I'll, from this set, year. I'll be set for the season. Like uh, any time, I could talk about Brandon Saad multiple times on the show, and each time use a different picture. It's the true. trickier thing is the uh, the new players, right? I was happy that right. there was some. It's good that this new set came out because I got an Ilya Samsonov here. It's my only Samsonov. Mm. So if we talk right. about him all throughout the year, it's just going to be this picture showing up all the time. Better you get a Young Guns. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I you didn't even give. Well, I haven't fully gone through all of them yet. But as of now, I still don't have a Brady Kachuk card. But luckily, oh, I do have my Brady Kachuk Young Guns. So at least I have that if needed. Except I have a little holder here. Uh, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to because it's taped to to a thing, so that it, I can put my phone in front of it and all it works. But right. anyways, uh, this holder is for cards, for single cards. It doesn't. It's not going to fit my PSA ten slab very well. Gotcha. This is the card that's in the folder. This is my default card when I'm recording Ooh, Keeping Carlson. The Carlson. Beautiful Eric Carlson card. That is a nice one with the black background there. Yeah, yeah I'll be very curious to see if you're missing any other cards. And I wonder like who the least printed like regular NHLer is in these in these sets. It, okay, that's a very interesting... As I've been going through, it's been fun to see like some players just keep coming up over and over. Then every once in a while, yeah. It's like, well, you saw here, Antoine Roussel. I just have one of him. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, I guess some players, you know, you're, they're lucky to get a card. I think on the last episode we were talking about Nick Dowd came up on one of the cards. And I was like, get him out of here. Like, what, uh-huh. what is he even? But I guess he needed to get a card at some point. And said, okay, this was his year finally. But I, I doubt he has that many. I can't imagine there's more than one or two. But there's a lot of different uh, sets of cards. So maybe they kind of get these guys in depending on what the set is. I know like OPG has way more cards per set. So maybe they're getting into those ones. Um, but since we, you kind of brought up the 2020, 21 prices, uh, I, I talked about the Lafreniere young guns price dropping. The rest of them are kind of steadily dropping too. So if you look at the um, lower end young gun cards, uh, there's some that are even starting to get down to a dollar or $2 uh, like a Mikey Anderson for the LA Kings is one or two bucks. And that's kind of what you expect, right? The, the young guns that you don't really expect to be NHLers or good hockey players are getting back to that $1 young guns, like $1 young guns or less is kind of a thing, right? There's tons of guys that are $1 young guns. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very fun to to follow along. We were just chatting on our Discord today about Nick Robertson, yeah. and his young gun, and someone bought it and now was, or or pulled it and was trying to decide whether or not he should sell it or not. And it was like a really fun discussion because right now you can still get like fifteen or so dollars for it raw, maybe ten to fifteen. I, I guess it's still wavering quite a bit. And then someone brought up like maybe a good comparable is like a William Nylander. Because, like, Nylander, like, that'd be great if he could all of a sudden put up, like, 60, 70-point season in the near future, like Nylander has done. Uh, and Nylander's young guns are going for, like, raw, you know, like, 20, like, maybe 25. So it's not even that much higher than Nick Robertson right now. So the question is, like, yeah. to me, it's almost like, unless you really think Nick Robertson is going to kill it, and I guess he had a great season in the OHL, like, it's possible. But also the Leafs have a very deep top six that i guess there actually is room potentially for robertson to get in the top six right it could be like hyman matthews and marner and then Tavares with uh nylander and maybe nick robertson if he could beat out mikhaev or something but even still like it's hard to imagine him being yeah big a name so quickly he could jump up in there like my thought on this is that if you have one you can probably sell it today for call it 15 bucks buy it again at like seven dollars not right. too long from now or buy two of them for with your 15 bucks you made and that's if you really like the guy if you think he's going to be a great player you can kind of like reinvest in him a bit down the line but i still think the prices are a bit higher than they will kind of settle at even before we start playing hockey again um and certainly, like, I don't expect his prices to skyrocket in the first week of the league. But you never know. He could pull a Ryan Paling and, yeah. like, just skyrocket. It's, that one game has sustained him enough to be still worth more than Nick Robertson at this yeah. point. It's By the way, do you, possible. Want to, do you want to try to guess, since my cards are alphabetical now, sure. who is the last one? Who's last in the alphabet of a card that you gave me? I mean, the first person that comes to mind is Zagadulin because he's from this year, but that was a young gun, so you wouldn't have gotten Also, that's Zagadoulin. ZA. Come on. There's lots of players yeah. that have a Z and then something after, not an A. You'd think I, mean, I shouldn't, I, like, maybe it's not good podcasting for me to, like, ask you questions that you have to answer off the top of your head <laughs> and then I mean, to hear you thinking. <laughs> it's interesting. And the only guys I can think of are the young guys, like Zegris and Zagadulin. Uh and, and then, like, the old guys, like, Zubris, who's, like, definitely uh, gone. I don't have a Zubris. Well, I'll uh, give you some people who it's... Ooh, I, I have it. Okay. Zykov. 
Zykov? Yeah. Who's that? You don't know Zykov? Oh, Zikov. Oh, I always thought it was Zikov. It okay. might be Zikov. I don't think I have one of him, or I haven't gotten one yet. Well, yeah, is that, that why? Good. That's got to be at the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, latest one I have so far, again, I haven't gone through all of them, is Jason Zucker. Yeah. Said you see. Yeah. Uh, right, right after Zuccarello. Zuccarello. Said you see C as opposed to said you see K, and then uh, Zabanajad is in there a little yeah. bit before. Zibs. <laughs> Zibs. Do you want to guess who's first? Is this good content? <laughs> first. It's uh, someone who still is having cards coming out, even though Athena's CU. No, come on, you got to think A and then another early letter. Athena CU is like I have a whole bunch of guys mm. be- before Athena CU. I don't know. I'm not good at this, obviously. Okay. Abdul Abdulkader. Oh, another Detroit guy. <laughs> All right. Well, Athena CU. Athena CU is not even signed yet. Right nope. now. Anti Alto. Yeah, I guess once I get my Anti Alto card, he'll jump to the front and AA. <laughs> uh, by the way, Aaron guessed it. Abdulkader. Nice. Okay. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so. What do we have next here on our plans? Yeah, you talked about these prices of the young guns from this year. We the ones we pulled last week, you sold a couple of them already yeah. for me. Yeah, so that's like that's the interesting thing for me is like we opened these boxes kind of as soon as we got them or in like the first couple weeks and uh I listed them on eBay right away and um a lot of mine have sold. Obviously, I got some big hits. I got that Lafreniere. I got a Kravtsov UD Exclusives. Yeah, um, what did that go for? The UD Exclusives I sold for two hundred and sixty-five. Oh. So pretty that's, good. That's I don't think I, I didn't even really expect to sell it for that much, but uh, yeah, that was a good sale. And so right now, before I sell a single other card, so far my my not profit, <laughs> my loss uh, is about 330 bucks. Uh, but I've got a whole bunch of cards still remaining to sell. If I sell them at the current list price, I'll be up a hundred bucks. And uh, so I'm kind of assuming I'm going to like break even on all that my cards. I'm waiting for uh, yeah a couple of mine that you listed for me from last week still aren't sold that McDavid in a suit. Yeah. We're still waiting on someone to bite on that one. Uh, then some of these players that I had never heard of really, like uh, Burden, Stamenko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like yours was interesting, also. Like if you sell that McDavid for the same price I sold mine at, which is like fifty-five or sixty bucks, you're also probably breaking even on the one box you opened, and your sealed box is even more interesting. Yeah, I still haven't opened it. Do you have any sealed boxes left? No, I opened all mine. What would you do if you were me? You'd open it, obviously, <laughs> based on past history. Well, I I think like they were a lot of fun to open, and opening yeah, them big. that early and selling them actually proved to be like decent. Like you're not making money, but like mm-hmm. it was enjoyable. We made a podcast, all that great stuff. Um, but like you could sell your sealed box right now and make forty six bucks. Not too bad. Not like you didn't even let, let any time go by. Um, <laughs> that was a good investment. Should have bought a whole bunch more of them. Yeah, because like you can't buy them at the stores right now. They're sold out everywhere. Um, no, that's that like kind of yeah. It's funny how some things are sleazy and some things are like okay. Like I feel like if I were to be one of these people who like 
pre-ordered a bunch of PS5s just to sell it for like double the price right now to people who want to get it for their kids for Christmas. I almost feel like that's a little bit sleazy. Like it's like, what am I trying to make profit off of Sony, like making the system? But like for some reason with hockey cards, I guess it's fine. But I, I feel like maybe an unopened box sort of walks the line where it's like, well, it's not even like an, it's not a card. It's just a box and like nothing's happened. Yeah, I think personally, like a PS5 is like different because nobody's like trading PS5s right. uh, in a year. Like they're just capitalizing on the fact that they won't release enough of them for everyone. Whereas like hockey cards, hockey card boxes are like tradables. Like they're right, called, that's the they're called trading cards. So it's yeah, like... Yeah. It's a bit of a different landscape. There's still definitely people that get upset by those folks that go to Walmart or go to their card store and buy everything. Um, so that like, it's it's a little bit less common in the hockey card world, but it's definitely happening in like the Pokemon card world where mm-hmm. like the boxes that are on the shelves at Walmart are selling for way more. So people will just go and buy all of them. And then like the kids can't go and get a box of cards for a reasonable price. Yeah, which is the whole thing. Like, these cards are... Like, again, like, this box that we opened, we're talking, like, five, ten hits total, and then the rest is just all these base cards where we have nothing to do with it. I get to, like, play with it. Oh, yeah, that's why I brought it up, by the way, when we were talking about analyzing the cards. On one hand, we were talking about using the magnifying glass and, like, being careful with gloves and everything. And meanwhile, I'm, like, sitting in my living room just, like, sorting through these cards. (laughs) I, like, nick a corner. I'm like, I don't give a crap. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, like, a whole weird feeling of just mistreating these cards. But, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, I still am trying to find what the market... Not market in terms of to make money, but just, like... like these cards must have use for someone. So I have this big box I could show on my podcast. I'm almost like excited just to have a use for them. I gave some to my niece who seemed excited for like a minute last week and then uh, lost interest quickly, but who knows (laughs) one day. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot too. I actually kind of did a quick Google. I found one guy that's making uh, boxes out of his like thousands of base cards and Basically, he's taking them and, you know, gluing, for better lack of a better word, them together uh, and making boxes to store his hockey cards. So, you know, you need boxes to store your hockey cards and you have all these base cards. It's genius. And I think he's, he's started to sell them a little bit. So, yeah, I think, like, there's got to be some uses for these things. It's just, it's hard because you end up with them all and what do you, like, you just put them in a box. Yeah. And, like, they look cool. Like, some of them look cooler than, like, the Lafreniere card that's selling for $400 or whatever, now obviously less. It's, like, doesn't even look that cool compared to some of these other cards. So, yeah. By the way, uh, Lap in the chat is, like, can we talk about Kravtsov? He doesn't get how this guy who doesn't even have that many points in the minors is selling for so much. And, yeah, like, I guess it's all about the hype because he was a ninth overall pick in 2018. And, like, normally a top 10 pick is supposed to be good. Kravtsov, though, yeah, like, even this season, now he's already... How old is he now? Uh, Well, he can't be that old. old. Yeah. And he was playing in the KHL and he had 12 points in 25 games. And so, I don't know, uh, the season before, three points in 11 games. Like, even in the AHL, he played last year for Hartford for a little bit and only 15 points in 39 games, which was, like, his first North American experience. Anyways, yeah, so, like, the numbers don't make him seem like he's, like, a sure thing. And it's kind of... 
interesting yeah. how he was able to get drafted so high, I guess, just from his KHL numbers, which weren't amazing. But I guess, you know, compared to, because it's funny, because his OHL, like Nick Robertson, we talked about, is like, you know, two points per game in the OHL. And around the same time, Kravtsov is, you know, hardly doing anything, but Kravtsov yeah. higher. But I guess it's just the idea is like, maybe he could do something and people are still excited about him. And I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with Kravtsov. We actually talked about that also on Discord. And, like, the tricky thing is that the Rangers are so stacked in their top six. And he's going to have to beat out, like, a Kako and a Buchnevich to even get outside of the bottom six. Yeah, I don't I don't see him getting out of the bottom six this year um, just because of their lineup, unless there's injuries or whatever. I also don't know why all the hype it's very difficult to judge khl players i find um like nobody expected panarin to come over and be that good like at I all mean, like people that played least, with him didn't even really expect him to be that good and at least and he, he was, was leading elite. the league in points sure yeah yeah um as an older player though right yeah. like so when he was younger guys obviously didn't think the same thing because he didn't come over and you know get onto an nhl team but yeah, I don't. I don't really understand the hype with Kravtsov. Maybe it's all the New York Rangers uh, hype. I think it definitely helped his stock that as a Ranger he came out in the same year as Lafreniere. He made like the checklist card with Lafreniere, mm-hmm. and so like there's a bit of like that hype. And I think like last year uh, the Rangers like just didn't really have forward prospects. So if you're a Rangers fan or you're following the Rangers, thinking about like oh, who's going to make the team and, like, getting so stoked about the next prospect? Like, who do you have to choose from? It's Kravtsov. Yeah, that's true. And I guess now that the thing is, as they have more prospects, now they have Lafreniere and Kako, and now Kravtsov, I wonder if at some point the value goes down. But I think, like, people are still waiting, wanting to give him a chance. You know, Paling is still up. I feel like at some point, if Paling pulls, plays a full season with the Habs and is in the fourth line, his card is going to go down, and probably the same with Kravtsov. But okay, going into last season, a lot of people were pegging Kravtsov as a good sleeper pick, and it was actually surprising that he didn't make the team. But I guess now that we're seeing his KHL numbers, maybe it's not as surprising. So... Who knows? He might just be a late bloomer, but I definitely agree that you made the right choice to sell that exclusives Young Guns for what was it like two hundred something? You said. I believe I sold it for two sixty five, yeah. and I I was I hesitant even listing it that high because it was hard to understand where it would sell. There was uh, another one that sold for a bit more, but it was like his jersey number mm-hmm. uh, card, so it was like not really comparable. Um, I talked to someone else that sold like exact same card for uh i think 150 and so like i think really what happened is like i sold that card fast enough that whoever like really wanted it just didn't really care what the price was right yeah no i think you did a great job and now we'll see like i'll be very surprised but also it'll be funny if he like ends up winning the calder next year and then it's like oops but I, I doubt it. I think you're going to be okay. I think probably Lafreniere has the inside track on that ahead of Kravtsov. Can he even get the Calder next year? Yeah, he's he hasn't played any NHL games yet. Really? Yeah, he's only been in the AHL and the KHL. Wow. I thought he got a couple. But The okay. reason why he might not win the Calder, 
or not might not be eligible is he might not make the team again (laughs) he still has to beat out some other players on the rangers yeah and the rangers are all of a sudden they were like hey guys we're rebuilding remember they sent a letter out to their fans being like just fyi like you're gonna have to wait a couple years we're gonna rebuild now next thing you know they have like probably the well obviously the most exciting prospect in lafreniere they've got panarin who is an art ross contender they've got zabanajad one of the most amazing centers they've got like kako crowd stuff like you know chris kreider buchnevich ryan strom philip hedel like i could just i could keep naming forwards on this team i'm probably done actually uh, but <laughs> then then we've got Shostyorkin in nets who i think a lot of people are pegging might be one of the best goalies in the nhl even next year like yeah. in, in his and that'll be by the way like just i don't know if you realize he's i think it's still eligible for the calder next yeah. season yeah so he's actually probably the favorite i think going into the year more than even lafreniere because you know lafreniere is gonna have to toil on the third line potentially for a little bit and work his way into the lineup like just like Lungfist is gone it's him and Georgiev and I'm pretty sure Shostyorkin yeah if I were to bet right now on who's gonna win the Calder I would take him Ooh, number I'll, one I'll take that bet well I mean you have to pick a player also or give me odds like I'm not doing uh, Shostyorkin versus the world I don't okay odds. yeah I mean I I would I would have to do some homework but I would take Lafreniere over Shostorkin for sure okay well we could just bet on who's gonna get more Calder votes because that always gets Ooh, released that's interesting yeah okay I All like right. that so what do you want to bet I don't know something hockey card related Oh, okay. We, we got to do. We got to do like a hockey card or something. Like, <laughs> okay. let's go. <laughs> right, so we'll think about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, but I didn't even finish naming good Rangers because I didn't even mention their defense. Ooh, Adam they, Fox. Like Adam. Adam Fox is amazing, right? Everyone says how he like may, potentially should have won the Calder or the yeah the Calder. Like he was actually really good last year, even though he didn't put up as many points as Makar and Hughes. But a lot of that could just be blamed on he didn't get the top power play time because Anthony D'Angelo did, who was a really good offensive defenseman. Then you have Jacob Truba, who maybe they're overpaying for, but he should be good. They've got Kay Andre Miller coming in. Like I just feel like yeah. this team is stacked. Like they're supposed to be in a rebuild. And all of a sudden, I feel like, why shouldn't they be... Like, they don't have the experience, but, like, I don't see yeah. why they shouldn't be a playoff team and maybe even a contender as soon as next season. They've got, they're have they covered all across the lineup. I think they are a playoff team or at least fighting for one. I don't really see them as a cup contender yet just because, like, they're extremely reliant on young talent, kind of like mm-hmm. the budding Edmonton Oilers were, where it was like, this team's amazing, and then they were trash (laughs) but uh i think they're i mean i think they're a little ahead of that but i don't really see them going far into the playoffs with the squad they have but yeah i think they're gonna be there yeah i mean i don't know it's just jorkin don't forget was injured a bit during that short rubber they got swept by i think carolina it was in that playing round I don't know. Shostorkin doesn't lose games. I feel like he's a he's a real uh, difference maker. So by the way, they brought in this may be the reason why they won't go far. They brought in Jack Johnson. So hmm. u- usually teams don't do so well if he's on the team. But yeah, he's kind of not helping. Yeah, I mean, I think Shostorkin like is probably a great goalie for the future. But the the sample size is not big enough for me to be like, oh, he doesn't. He's like elite. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, give it a year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I might be convinced. But okay, so we can make a separate bet about Rangers versus Oilers. I'll bet you the Rangers will go farther than the Oilers. I'm not betting that. I'm not doing that. Okay. <laughs> All right. They, so they've disappointed been... me too much in my life. Where there's no way we're doing that. <laughs> uh, Lap in the chat is saying he's, he'll bet his uh, Darlene PSA 10 versus mine. I'm not, I don't Ooh. really get that bet, but uh, I guess if mine has a scratch on it, then I'll make that deal. <laughs> I think he's saying he'd take Laugh over Shostorkin for with the, with the Darlene. Oh, the like stake. I have to give him my Darlene or he yeah. gives me his Darlene. Oh, okay. Well, ah, I just got it. 
I don't know. I'm too attached. I'm attached to the card I don't even have yet. I'm excited. When it comes in the mail, maybe it'll be right before we record our next episode, and I'll show it off. Yeah. Anyways, man, time has flown by. We didn't even really have a topic for this week, and it's already been an hour. So uh, uh, I hope people like this show. I had a good time. Yeah. Fun chatting with Ryan. There's always so much to talk about, right? And especially these days, like there's been a lot of news in the hockey card world, the sports card world, with PSA being sold, with this new box being released. Um, I'm, st- I'm already starting to think like when series two comes out, what's the plan? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of like all these people who got drafted, right? If any of them yeah. play Byfield, Marco Rossi, Stutzle. Like yeah, Stutzle. That yeah. would be exciting. Oh, I heard that. Did you see the, in the keeping Carlson discord, this person that like was, uh, like asking about who he should take second overall or third overall. Did you see that whole thread at all? No. Okay, listen to this insanity. Somewhat, so they're like drafting in their dynasty league. Sure. And they were like, say, this person has third overall pick. And he's like saying, who should I take at third between Byfield and Rossi? Yeah. And then everyone was kind of being like, well, wait, like, why wouldn't Byfield go second? Like, if sure. Lafreniere goes first, why wouldn't Byfield? And he's like, oh, the person who has second is a big Stens fan. So right. he's probably going to take Stutzla. Yeah. And it's like, well, that would be a mistake. Then And then I was like, okay, at the very least, that person who is second overall should just trade down to like fourth or fifth pick because you could probably get Stutzla there because everyone thinks Byfield and Rossi are going to be better for fantasy than Stutzla. And anyways, and the guy said, actually, the guy who had that second pick traded up <laughs> to get that pick. Just wanted it. Just wanted it. I mean, this is a sense to, be, fan. to be fair, like they're all really quality players and none of us know who's going to be better. Yeah, I guess. So it, I'm not like upset by it. It's It's really like too early to say, I personally would probably be doing the same thing you did. Um, but I'm also the type of guy that, and this this kind of is true as well for hockey cards, where like in my dynasty league, I almost never draft in the prospect draft because I trade them for keepers. I trade oh, them for guys that are elite. My keeper list is great because those guys are complete gambles. Even the upper echelon like someone traded a whole bunch and they got Kako. And yeah, last year, obviously that didn't help. I guess it's different in your league. Is it a cap league or is it no salary cap? No salary cap. No. Okay. So yeah, that makes it a lot easier. I feel like the, the dynasty leagues with a salary cap, that's where those prospects are super valuable because they have their ELC for three years where they're making sure. less than a million. Yeah. Yeah. But the like, so to bring it back to hockey cards, like the same is true. Like I'm typically going to get rid of, the guys that have not played a hockey game yet or like 10 games in and like look like studs um, and trade those guys for, you know, maybe even like first or second year guys that like, like a, even a Kirby doc where like, we know he's an NHL or at a high level. Yeah. But he's like going for a lot right now. So it is a good question of like, maybe is, is now a good time to sell Kirby doc or to hold on. I'll give you my sell of the week. Or sure. Of the, or I'll bet you that Victor Olafson's card value is worth more now than it'll ever be. Like, I think it's peaked. Yeah, yeah Especially- I, I could definitely see that. Um, now, maybe he benefits by being that power play guy consistently. Uh, like, he does have a wicked shot. Um, yeah. 
No, he's a good player for sure. But like, I'm looking now at his auction that's ending in two minutes. Actually, if anyone wants to jump in on this, there's two minutes left. Currently at nineteen dollars Canadian, four dollars shipping. So for less than twenty five bucks, well, actually, we'll end the show in two minutes. We can watch and see if there's a big jump at the end for Olafson yeah. and his young guns. But like, uh, don't forget that Buffalo just brought in Taylor Hall. I know it's just like potentially for one year, but like he could probably jump in and take over the top line left wing spot to play with Eichel. I don't think Hall signed there to not play with Eichel. Plus I think that Hall would probably be the choice to be the trigger man on the power play. And I don't know what that does to Olafson. And also I think to end my depressing, uh, pouring cold water on Olafson is I feel like his, a lot of those power play points he got last year were at the start of the season. And yeah. I think it took a while or not that long, but it took like some time for other teams to sort of learn the scouting report on how this Buffalo power play was working. It was a whole new look power play now with Olafson as a trigger man. And it was going well, but I think it, he really, started to slow down after a while and it's i think because people knew the book on like what they were doing so uh, all that to say i think you should sell your olafsons right now get your 20 bucks and uh like like you said for nick robertson or something maybe buy him back especially this season right if it's only a temporary one-year thing if hall's just there for a year and then he leaves then maybe like for the following year buy him cheap after he has a down year because he's behind hall so yeah it out there i mean my reason for not wanting Olafson is actually a bit different. I think he could still be that power play guy, but I personally am not super interested in guys that can't put up like good numbers at even strength. I think if you're just a power play guy, that worries me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. if that power play goes cold. If you get taken off the power play, like you're living and dying by the power play, which, you know, full NHL teams do some years. Uh, there was a year where the Flyers were good because they just were elite on the power play. Right. Um, that That's when uh, Ghost of Spahir got like 70 points. Right, exactly. Um, so, like, you know, in the chat we're seeing Ovi and Line. Well, those guys are power play specialists, but it's not like they score no goals at even strength. Like, they can do that goal scoring thing all well, over yeah. the place. Also, it's like they're not line dependent. It's almost like right. you want whoever's on Ovi's line because you know this person's going to get a bunch of assists. It's not like Ol- of Olafson. It's like up to the coach. Is it Krieger? Kruger right now? Kruger, yeah. Yeah. If like he just decides that like Olafson's in the doghouse, which is definitely possible, all of a sudden his fantasy value and probably hockey card value goes goes down the toilet, right? But like Ovi or Line. A, even like when Line A has been getting not like the best deployment, like he wanted to be on a line with Shifley and instead had to play with Brian Little and he complained about it that time. And I'm sure he's, or I hope he's happy now that he gets Paul Stasny as a second line center instead of Cody Eakin or whoever it was at the end of the year. But like, uh, e- but even Line A playing with Cody Eakin still paced for like 70 points last year. I, right. I've like Olafson, if he's not playing with Eichel, like bump him down to like a 40 point guy as far as I'm concerned. Well, the thing is, last year he was playing with Eichel. Yeah, and he did really well. No, on the, like even strength. Oh, at even strength. And like still couldn't. I actually went to a game in Ottawa and watched a Buffalo-Ottawa game. And Eichel looked like incredible. He skates so fast without looking like he's moving, uh, which is like the opposite of McDavid. It was, it's kind of funny. Um, he's just got those strides where like he's going super fast, but who knows? Um, and he looked amazing, but like, it was like he was out there by himself. Like if he didn't put the puck in the net, it's not going in the net. 
Hmm. Yeah, well, I the same as that was my pick. I guess Lap in the chat disagrees, by the way. He thinks that uh, Olafson's going to stick on Eichel's wing and also be the trigger man on the power play. But uh, I think uh, Taylor Hall is someone to to be concerned about, in my opinion, in terms of Olafson's fantasy value. But good good for Dalene, like I said, to yeah. start the show. Yeah, and, and Eichel. Eichel, who still... I think I need to buy his Young Guns, like, PSA 10 at some point, just because I love that card. I think it might be my favorite-looking card. I'm not a, good a huge one. Eichel fan. I've had my eye on it. It's it's going for a lot more, the recent yeah. sales, than uh, maybe its value would suggest. So it's going to be hard to kind of get a good deal out of that one. Yeah. I'm still kicking myself for back when we started the show, and I wanted to get in on Pedersen, and I was like, I'm just going to wait for it to go down a little bit, and it's just gone up and up. Like at the time, I like could have gotten it for like two twenty five, and now it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give my final tip here. I know I should probably let you go. Uh, so Lap is saying daily face off shows both of them, Hall and Olafson, on the top power play. Sure, that's possible. But daily face off, and I, I'm not shit talking daily face off. Okay, like I know the guy who runs it. His name is Brock. And he's cool, okay? He's cool. And he knows, he knows his stuff. But he, he is not getting... That is a guess. That is Brock's guess of what the lines will be. Like, once the season starts... Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. Like, it's not as if this is like, you know, he, he has some back-channeling with the Buffalo coaching staff and is, like, coming up with it, you know, based on some information. Like, once the season starts, it's good, because then he'll, like, you know, actually, you know, read tweets and, you know, of, of beat writers tweeting out the lines and update them properly, but... Yeah, it's based... Well, it's based on, like, warm-ups and practice and previous games when it's during the season. Right now, like, you could put Lafreniere on the first line with Kravtsov, and, like, no one could tell you you're wrong. You know that I'm uh, being accused in the chat now of trying to artificially lower the value of Olafson cards. Imagine next week I'm like, check out my ten Olafson young guns because the near that would be incredible. Has- <laughs> if only we had that reach. Yeah, I know, right? Then all of a sudden we could get sued for uh, fixing the market or something. No, we're not that smart. Okay, well I'll think about it. Uh, but if anyone's thinking of buying a Pedersen PSA ten, don't. I think his. I think he's going to suck next year too. So <laughs> might as well let someone else get those cards. Yeah, don't buy any Dryset or McDavid either. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely all, going down. Uh, probably New Hopkins. Be... Terrible. <laughs> Stutzla next year is going to be the one you want. I, I mean, I'm going to be excited. Like, I actually really want to get some of those young guns from the new series sure. too. And actually, I've already started my Sens collection. I think I, we talked about it. I've already got a PSA 10 of Kachuk, Shabbat, and Alex Galchenyuk, which uh, <laughs> one doesn't belong. But uh, yeah, so I, it would only fit to get a Stutzla. I got to get myself a Dadanov, I guess. A Is that, Murray? Oh, you said Dadanov doesn't have a Young Guns, right? No, he's got a, a Future Watch card. Um, but you should get a Murray. That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay, I want to actually see him... Do Play. have a good season first. Like I yeah. can't imagine it'll go up a lot at this point. It's already like $150 or whatever for a PSA 10 of Murray. And I'm very worried about him. Like obviously goalies are hard to predict, but he's like injury prone. He's been bad the last couple of years. And now he's going to Ottawa, who's like a much worse defensive team than Pittsburgh. Sure. So it's like it's kind of a scary situation. And and Marcus Hogberg isn't a big name, but he actually held up pretty well last year. Like, yeah, I when he wonder... was thrown to the wolves. Yeah. 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 But like, and, obviously Murray's going to have like a long leash. And even if he yeah. stinks, he'll keep getting in because they signed him to this big contract. But, 
They've also anyway. got that exciting new defenseman that they got from uh, Vegas. Oh, Br- Brandstrom. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll buy in on. That's a little cheaper That'd than cool. Murray. I think his future might be a little brighter. Yeah. But we'll see. Who knows? But I mean, hey, maybe the Sens turn things around. Didn't uh, Melnick say that they're going to be a cup winner in like three years? You gave the official prediction? Yeah, the official Melnick prediction, which is worth uh, about as much as a Trump prediction. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to throw the <laughs> hockey card. Worth as much as an Abdul Kader. Mm. No, I could I could choose worse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this was a blast. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, what do we say at the end here? We got to tell people that they should follow us on all our things. I guess we haven't been tweeting that much. I'll tweet more. You tweet at me, and I'll respond. How about that? That's a guarantee. Tweet it at Near Mint Hockey with a question or a, a comment, and you'll get a like, and you'll get a response. So Damn. Promises. guarantee right there. Maybe even a follow. Um, I mean, let's not go crazy. We've definitely been doing some stuff on Instagram, posting some of our finds. Um, I did a couple live pack openings back when I still had my 2020, 21 <laughs> packs. I'll sell you my box for $200. <laughs> Damn it. Um, no deal. Um, but yeah, there's stuff on Instagram. Check out our YouTube. If you didn't happen to catch this live, like some of our oh, lovely yeah. friends on Twitch did. Also check out the YouTube from a couple weeks ago. If you didn't catch it, that's the one where we were uh, looking at a bunch of cards, like our favorite, like best and worst looking cards. Mm, if you listen to that on audio, that was a good one to check out on the video. Dino was there, my wife, and we were just, we were having a blast. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. So yeah. check that one out. But last week was fun too, except for the fact that uh, I didn't pull, you know, I, I got that. I guess the most drama from that episode was when it looked like potentially I had a Lafreniere Young Guns, but then it turned out to be that damn checklist. <laughs> that was great. That was a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, and then obviously you can subscribe to us on any, wherever you're listening. Uh, I hope you, I hope you have, but yeah. Okay. So thanks a lot. And we'll be back at you next week. See you later, Ryan. See you later. Go get them Young Guns. Go get them. Is that our slogan? Yeah, sure.